0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: We're talking first-year player drafts next on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. Welcome to FBT in 5. I'm Chris Towers here with Chris Welsh. We're talking about first-year player drafts for those of you in your dynasty formats. Although, if you play redraft don't hit the skip button because we're going to talk about some very relevant players for your 2023 seasons as well. And we'll start off with the old guys, two guys who will be eligible for first year player drafts in most leagues who are going to be relevant for your 2023 fantasy leagues. And that's Kodai Senga, uh, right-handed pitcher for the New York Mets, 30 year old signed from Japan and Masataka Yoshida outfielder for the Boston Red Sox, 29 also signed from Japan this off And Chris, how do you feel about Kodai Senga just from a, uh, you know, 2023 perspective, because that's pretty much what matters. I mean, he, if he's not going to be good right away. He's not going to really matter in dynasty.
2: Yeah, he's really funny for first-year player as well because he has the ability to be the number one overall pick. If you only care about you know proximity, I could totally see you taking Senga. You're getting a guy that's going into a Mets rotation that's going to be followed up, you know, from Scherzer and Verlander, and it's going to go to Kodai Senga. Good offense. You know, at worst case scenario, you're probably looking at double-digit wins, decent mm-hmm. strikeout numbers, even if he struggles on the back half. Uh, I think in first-year player, he's a little bit tougher overall just because it's going against some immense high school talent. Mm -hmm. But points leagues and proximity, that'll win. Uh, I'm a little bit indifferent. I think I want to say I have him around like the 40s or 50s in my overall SPs. Even my dynasty ranks, he's not in the top 100. A little bit older. It's a big fastball. Some good secondaries. We're going to have to have the ghost fork changeup, the whatever (laughs) they're calling it these days, the gyro ghosty, whatever that's going to end up being. Uh, it's going to have to really hit and be successful. And, and sometimes I'm a little bit like Casey Mize was one of those guys that everyone was like, it's the best splitter we've seen in forever. And it's like, well, he couldn't command it enough. And then everybody yeah. just sat on his fastball and destroyed him. Uh, this is obviously a much more polished pitcher. So I, I don't think I'm over the moon or anything like that, but he has a proximity in my mind between number one and all the way down to number five in first year player. And Masataka Yoshida, you, you don't have... As high hopes for him uh, coming
1: over from Japan. Not someone you're really all that interested in first year player drafts, especially, right?
2: Yeah. And the best thing I can do is like try to translate over from like what Seiya Suzuki did. Seiya Suzuki went from 38 homers down to 14 homers when he translated 317 average down into the 260s. And uh, Yoshida is a huge, huge plate discipline guy, massive mm-hmm. walks over strikeouts, but he was a 20 homer guy with no speed and a better average than Suzuki. So if you want to play that translation game at all of like what uh, Suzuki did to what Yoshida might do, you're probably looking at sub 20 homers average could stay up but no stolen bases so i'm i'm not as excited about like a 30 year old hitter coming over with those type of intangible stuff it, it reminds me very much of like maybe what hasan, hasan kim's value looks like right now yeah
1: the the one thing that i will say in terms of his short term value is just He's likely going to play leadoff for the Boston Red Sox and could get on base a lot. So, you know, could be a a good source of runs.
2: I wouldn't be surprised in first year player if he even went top five for someone that like, I have to win now. I need a hitter. You're going to get runs and you're going to get batting average. But I think he's like a solid two category player. And then the other three are kind of questionable.
1: All right, let's go through the rest of your first year player rankings. We'll just hit the top five probably. And we'll kind of group them together because I think there are a couple of tiers here and that's. Drew Jones and Jackson Holiday at the top. Drew Jones probably the higher upside guy, but these are basically 1A, 1B, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. And I, I uh, created this list over lots of different drafts that have happened, my own drafts, my own ADP, and a couple different rankers. And I made this aggregate first-year player list. And Drew Jones was the true number one over everything. And the ADP across all these drafts and ranks, uh, Jackson Holiday was 2.4. So, I mean, these guys, there was not a whole lot of movement. You saw occasional Elijah Green go too, but it was pretty much these two in almost every case.
1: And, you know, Jones, probably your, your classical, you know, gold glove potential outfielder with 30, 20 upside Jackson holiday, you know, maybe doesn't have quite as much ceiling, but very, very good in his professional debut as well. The second tier, we've got Elijah green, Washington nationals outfielder and Tamar Johnson. I think that's kind of a clear second tier, right? Do you want to throw anybody else in there?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I think it is, but I will say that, um, you know, my number five is not like what you're gonna see out of maybe Scott White and a few other people. Mm. there are the, there's a couple college hitters that I, I think Elijah granted Tamar Johnson as far as this same aggregate list I made. Elijah was three and three point eight for Tamar Johnson. So the answer yep. is yes, but then five opens up. To not only number five, who's Cam Collier, but I believe Zach Neto and Brooks Lee, and I think they all those guys can all skim up to four or five. I think Tamar's a little bit questionable for some people and how his pro debut went, but I think the college ver- uh, versus the high school hitters is kind of a battle here, and I think all four of those exist between four and five.
1: Yeah, and if you're looking for someone who you know we may see in 2023 and and might have a very quick path to the majors, Zach Neto. Angels shortstop got to double A last season and was very good there at 320 with an 874 OPS. So, you know, handled himself very well as a 21 year old making his professional debut at double A. So very impressive stuff there. Someone who could be a very fast riser if you're prioritizing proximity. And, you know, this is an Angels team that pretty desperately needs to start competing for the playoffs.
2: So they might have an incentive if he gets off to a hot start it's not too shabby and there's a lot there's kind of a pick and choose here for you know big power college sooner upside brooks lee five tools sooner upside zach netto you want to play for the the moon cam collier uh, probably not much speed but big power big hit tool there's a lot of fun stuff in this first year player it goes much deeper but having a top three pick is incredible having a top six or seven pick is pretty good too all right we went in depth on the top 15 and gave you the top 30 uh,
1: for chris Walsh's rankings on the full episode of fantasy baseball today Make sure you check that out. We'll see you next
3: time on FBT 5. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best